on the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute that millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory. Hi guys, welcome back to the Bogeyman podcast. On the week, Johnny, the week has finally arrived of the Bogeyman charity golf day. It has. Yes, yeah, not very excited. Uh, just a couple of days out. And the fact, the fact that it is also the day, the week of the charity golf day means that it is also the week of the PGA Championship. And after all of our speculation, there is no Phil. There is no Phil, but there is Tiger. And on top of everything else, and I see some of the merch there, it's also the week that Quack have finally got to launch their new range. This, I've been waiting for this since basically the rebrand as to what was coming because they said they were going to completely change things. And Adam Ferris. They have um, joggers, uh, tournament style, quarter zips, uh, new tees, new leisure tees, uh, lots of golf tees, um, yeah. polos. It, it's the, the range is absolutely massive. Yeah, it's it's a lovely new range. I think we both now have got to got get a few rounds of golf in in the new gear. Uh, you're also wearing their new range t-shirt as well I'm the divot the, dog t-shirt yeah, t-shirt yeah um, never never comes off actually it's 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 one of those real nice cotton feels to it that you actually just wear it like gym and then you're like wearing it at work and then you're like is it acceptable to wear round neck t-shirts on a zoom call for work and you're like yeah it is it's grand oh yeah so still working from home it's all yeah right. exactly exactly, exactly. Um, so guys if you want to get your hands on the new gear and you can't make it to the golf day where you could actually win some of the new gear. Mm-hmm. Go and visit quackgolf.com, enter in coupon code bogeyman at checkout. You get 15% off. The new gear is, is it's very, very, very good. Cannot recommend enough. Yeah, big time, big time. Um, the lads have put in a ton of work to get this over the line. I think it's been logistically the hardest launch that they've had to date. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, be sound. Buy some stuff off them. They'll appreciate it. They're lovely guys. Actually, Ben was, I met, I didn't see him, but he was at the, he was at the island this week. Uh, so I didn't get to catch up with him, but I was draped in the, uh, in the new tour green polo. I actually wore their stuff all weekend. Um, I was a big fan of even the whole, the old range of hats too. So as I'm a serious hat person, but I now have, and the, I'm the proud owner have, uh, of a, um, kind of a, I'm trying to think of the American player, the older guy, uh, won the open beat Tom Watson. Um, what's his name? Come Hello. on, Johnny. I'll get it here. Jeez. <laughs> um, son caddies for him. Stuart One last Singh? year, Stuart Sink. Yeah, I'm now the proud owner due to the like flat uh, and flat edge of the hat of of a Stuart Sink style head tan after getting a haircut the week before, which means the bottom part of my head is actually quite colored and the top of it is completely white his t- his tan lines are shocking in particular Mine, is, is. this wasn't great johnny this <laughs> wasn't great to be honest so yeah so um that was that was all all down to the uh to the quack hat well look we've kind of spoken down around a little bit it was obviously the <laughs> week of, last week of the irish amateur you mm-hmm. Did make it into the field after, Got into after the field. all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, how was it? Well, I felt that after making such a bluster about trying to get in, I better make my presence felt for a <laughs> while. Um, and I did. Yeah, I was. I was, God, where do you, do you start? Start, start at the end. How did I feel after it? Um, fucking weather delays are the worst thing in the world for your touch and feel around the greens. That's all I'll say. Um, okay. I was uh, went into the weather delay on the third day. Cut is made on at the end of the third day. Uh, I was five shots within the cut line uh, after seven holes, and literally came back out after two hours <clears throat> of a weather delay, and literally lost the feel in my hands around the greens completely. Like long game was fine, 
but made so many mistakes in the greens coming in. And that was something that had been unbelievably good for the first couple of days. So I was shot 74, 75. Uh, the first two days in, oh God, the hardest conditions I've ever played in. Um, on a hard, hard, hard in what condition? In what sense? Length, uh, wind, just general toughness of the course. Uh, the rough wasn't absolutely punishing, but was like, would you'd pick up a, a lost ball pretty quickly, mind you. Um, just the strength of the course, Johnny, I have to say. It was... Like I'm, I'm trying to think. We, we were kind of chatting about this in our groupings on on Saturday. We we're trying to think of a hole that actually gave you something, and there was one. There was one which was the which was the sixth, which was actually playing downwind. It's actually blunt, but it's a blind tee shot over hill, and that was really the only one that kind of let you half take the foot off the gas a little bit. Everything else demanded something of you, either off the tee or second shot, um, and then around the greens or in that place is. Uh, pretty treacherous because they've actually shaved it so tight actually probably tighter than the greens in that you can't get really a club underneath anything you're having to put and you have to be quite inventive with with your with your short game but it was just so so tough like i came in the last day like i'd just been beaten up now in fairness the last day as i say with the weather delay i started my warm-up at 12 40 and we finished at 10 past eight that night Jeez. It was just so so long. Um, what was the takeaways from it? Um, I played with some unbelievably good players. Um, I have to say, a Swiss guy called Tom Lecomte, uh, Robbie Cannon, um, Alex McGuire, and who else was in our last group? Um, Connor Hickey, who's a young guy from Dukes in uh, <clears throat> in Kerry. So what can I come away for? I am in no way as talented as any of them. It is striking how much better players they are from a ball striking perspective. Like they just hit these big towering draws, exactly what you see on the range at, um, at tournaments. Like Alex Maguire in particular was unbelievably impressive, like really next level impressive wow. in terms of his striking. And then I just managed to be able to score with them at that level, um, be that true short game, wedge game and whatever, just been able to, if I made a mistake, I made an awful lot of, made an awful lot of puts, um, which at that level you just have to do. But certainly me, I had to do, like I had my best score of the day by hitting two greens and reg on the first day, which, which was happening to everybody, to be honest, mm. I'd say, um, because Greens are hard to hold. Um, it was blowing kind of 20, 20 kilometers an hour, 25 kilometers an hour the first day. And then second day was about 35 to 40. So you had to, you had to battle. Like I found crosswinds are very, very hard. I just hit a fade. So I find winds off the left to right in particular, for example, on 18, which is just, you kind of nearly have to hit driver. Um, you could hit two iron, but it's, you're just too far back. And, you have to hit this fade over trouble and to, for it to come back. And it's, I, I find that so hard whereas Derek and I've been able to hit like these tight draws into the wind to hold it. <laughs> and I'm just like enviously looking going, Oh God, I'm not sure I'm going to have to start this, but it's yeah. Like I, I found the step up. I found there was a step up again in probably in standard two um, from okay. the West. Um, probably the depth of the field is, is stronger. Um, now scoring was was huge like 16 over made the cut um but even as you look back like there was no one was under par and to give you a bit of context from the top 30 guys um so it's par 71 for the top 30 guys they're they're of their four rounds so 120 rounds there was three rounds in the 60s in total so three of 120 and it just kind of brought it home as to how to how how tough it was. It was, yeah, just mentally unbelievably hard to keep going at it. And and so like the guys who got into, like arguably the conditions on the Saturday evening and Sunday were the easiest, and the scoring didn't drop because I'd say people were just absolutely knackered. traumatized yeah. and knackered from it. Um, it's as I said, it's it's different level again. To, to it's another step up, I suppose, with the international element to the field, etc. Um, and a lot of 
um, Irish guys who would play in the US being back as well. It, it just, the depth just does pick up. But really good experience. Like I think at one stage, because it was, by the time we the weather delay kicked in, I was only one over from around, two over from around, which had me at like tied 20th, um, on like deep into the third day. Mm. So as I said to you, and we're, when we were ch- chatting with Alan, like this is all learned. Like now I've got to the stage where it's like, oh, you got to the third day of a 54-hole course and kind of still we're, we're in a good spot. And arguably without the weather delay, um, I would have been in a really good place, but it just came out swinging it funny, stiff and sore, you know, after sitting, sitting down for two hours, trying to keep warm as in not, it was not that it was cold, but trying to keep swing warm. Mm. Um, so yeah, so just, just a bit of a mad weekend, to be honest, like good, like I'll take a lot out of it, but ultimately like really disappointed and missed a cup by, by a couple like, yeah, that that is a pity. Yes, it's a curious. I'm just thinking. So, the winning score at the end of the week was what? One over. One over. Mm-hmm. Does the toughness of these Irish amateur events, do you think, for like <laughs> younger guys, younger players coming through who do have ambitions of turning professional, going to college in the states, does this kind of an event? prepare them well for well for that like I, it doesn't really strike me as an event that would prepare you for the AT&T Byron Nelson which is on the no. same the same week it doesn't really strike me as the same type of um dry run we I had this good chat with somebody who's pretty prominent in the golf industry in Galway <clears throat> and and his point was like how does kicking the shit out of people for three days or four days in this instance, uh, in any way benefit their long-term golf game other than to say that they can grind scores out and, and hang in there. Like, what? Uh, this was really a, like a massive test of concentration and endurance, I found. Um, does it prepare you for anything beyond what it is? Like, in isolation, if you want to win a national championship, should be hard, conditions on it should be tough etc so like those boxes are ticked but in terms of if you put it in the plan of how best to prepare younger players or the younger players in that field for life beyond or a golf life beyond this or career beyond this does it in any way prepare them like when are they ever going to play something as tough as the island in 40 mile an hour winds um ever again or in in that context and bar they make the cut for the open they'll never play in those conditions again um so to, to answer your question no like it doesn't i don't think you like if you look at the guys that are there at the top definitely the best players will rise to the top and there are young players in that as well um guaranteed but if you look down through the field as well there was an awful lot of very very good players who were hanging around the cut line missed it by one missed it by two um so is it is it fair like i like yes it is a fair test of golf because everyone is playing in the same conditions etc but there is that element to it of god this you know in 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 its in its isolation it's fine but in the in a grand scheme of um of an irish collective tournaments it's not and like i was looking at there was obviously i had there was a, a swiss contingent there swedish um uh, Australian, a huge amount of English and Scottish there, and I'm just <laughs> trying to think like, if I was Australian, would I travel over for this unless it was being funded by my federation as a as an open knowing what was ahead of me? Like if I was if I knew then what I know now about that event, like would I travel over for basically six days of absolute torture? Um, and you'd have to be like going right. This maybe there's another tournament that's. No, I'm not saying easier because other tournaments require different things like um, in terms of shooting on a parkland course having millions of birdies for example mm. but this was asking a, a, a completely different test um, I don't know if like like sh- should it like, should may- it? maybe <laughs> that's not the purpose of it at all is, is, is maybe it isn't to be used as a way to help prepare young up, uh, aspiring professionals to 
get themselves ready for life on the circuit. But like it, it, it doesn't really sound attractive to me. No, I myself through that. And if I was if I was playing over in the states, and I was like, right, I'll come back for that weekend, and then you go through that, you go, oh, like, will I do that again next year? Mm-hmm. Like I spoke to, I remember we spoke to, um, or I spoke to Peter O'Keefe after he came back from Sada Grande from I think it was the either the, Sp- the Spanish Am, mm. I think it was the Spanish Am, and his description on it was i was like when the scoring was arguably around the same at the time in that in that tournament so obviously like the setups are similar to as you'd imagine the open or the us open like if it's a national championship it tends to be set up in a in a very difficult way yeah um so he was saying that it was just incredibly tough windy etc there but a different type of course obviously um, I think Lynx courses just are so exposed and so by their own nature, tough and wearing that it, it just makes it uh, a very, very tiring do going through the going through that whole uh week. Um as you said, are they meant is that event there to prepare people? Is it just there to determine a national champion for the year? Yeah, that's probably that's probably the goal. I don't think they, they look beyond that, to be honest. Um, their considerations lie elsewhere in, in terms of how they want to set set it up. Like in fairness, they set it up probably a lot more sensibly than they set up Sligo for the for the West. Um, in terms of they did bring some tea boxes forward on the second day when it was really, really, really windy, etc. The pins never really got tucked too badly at all actually they, they left that element quite fair and it still kicked the shit out of people do you know yeah um you were asking about enjoyment did i enjoy it like if just from my background look i, I need to have like competitive golf like that's that's where i get my kicks from this sport like everyone gets their their twist of it in different ways and that yeah. really was a, a buzz like to be playing in a national game. i was like it was very similar, Johnny, to playing in like a really, really um, high-pressured match. That's what I've. That's what I felt. It felt like in that you were never, you were, you knew that you were never going to get a let up. Do you know that kind of way? In that mm. you knew that you're playing against someone really, really good, and they were going to be constantly at you <laughs> and close to you, and they'll score just as easily as you will. So you can't keep your eye off it. That's exactly what it felt like. I don't think. I don't think I'd come off mentally, uh, of course. And the, the walk isn't that actually hard around the island. <clears throat> it's not a massive, a massive walk, in fairness. No, a long course, in fairness. A very, very long course with the way the winds were blowing. But it was one of these ones where you wouldn't, you, you didn't come off afterwards. Like, so I lost to a, like a close defeat, and that was always going to be the case. It would be close either way, but you'd have to be at your best just to even, or I'd have to be at my best just to, be making cuts there or to even like not lose a ball <laughs> which miraculously didn't happen um but did i get the kick out of it that i hoped it would i like yeah i did in a different way but I, jesus that's not i wouldn't be signing up for that every day of the week genuinely wouldn't be signing up for that every day of the week because it was just too punishing overall <laughs> it does make you think should there be some kind of a tour structure in Ireland or an event series in Ireland that if if the amateur circuit like this with the West playing a certain way and mm-hmm. the Irish amateurs are playing a certain way and they're not necessarily built or designed to prepare young golfers for mm-hmm. professional life should Golf Ireland set up something like that for aspiring professionals look there is separate the, to the PGA circuit yeah like I think to be honest there's enough tournaments that the, the kids who are who are good enough to be making the next level are doing a lot of traveling anyway they're traveling abroad for for a lot of these tournaments like to me what you found there was literally was was a way of identifying the toughest the most skilled um the the one the player with the most endurance and it and it was right that it was Colin Campbell um like hung in there all week uh made a real made, played really really steady on the back nine the last day got a gumsack into a playoff and then won the playoff like can't say any more than that like that is just an unbelievable achievement for to win it twice as well sorry and that this isn't obviously to take away from 
in any way from the winner. I think we're we're talking on a different subject here. But yeah, it, it, if you were going for a pure tour preparation, and I was playing with somebody who just plays on Parkland. He actually plays at the Evian Club, um, where they have the um, where they have the Evian Masters, and yeah. he's like, it's just so strange that I hit the ball and it doesn't stay there. Um, where I hit the ball on the fairway and it stays on the fairway, or I hit the ball on the green and it stays on the green, yeah. which is his way of looking at it. And this is a guy who plays all parkland, is preparing, going around Europe, preparing and playing kind of French amateurs, Swiss arms, German arms, etc. So this is on his circuit, his international circuit. Like, <laughs> would I say for that kid, this has prepared him well for a life potentially on tour? It'd be like, mentally, yes go off have a hard week at it um hang in there make a cut grind the result out like yeah. is that what is that what tour golf is probably is it probably is that though isn't it yeah it probably is mm. yeah how, so. how often does that grind come by on tour yeah like i suppose that's that's the thing yeah some some might say depending on your level it might be every week yeah. do you know depending on if you're ryan fox it's once in a blue moon that you have to grind it to get a to get a to make a cut or whatever it's a, it, de- it depends on the it depends on on your ability but i will say um if you if you haven't gone to one of these things go out on a saturday that you're free and just go and follow a group for for an hour and just watch the quality of them and you'll be frightened because what people tend to say is like if this is the quality at that level, then like, what is the next level like in terms of quality? I think a couple of people said that, and that was looking at a couple of guys that were playing with me, not definitely not referring to me, but they're just very, very impressive to watch. Yeah. So Colm Campbell, how was his weekend overall? You said he, he was the most steady golfer and also yeah. played his way into the playoff and just ground out the win. Um, did you talk to him at all during the week or how? No, I didn't. Um, I didn't actually chat to many. It was, it was kind of, everyone was really in a bit of their own bubble. Everyone's coming from everywhere. The range was set up as two T two T start. He was very solid. Like I think he had 73, 75, 69. He had one of the 69s by the way, over the weekend and a 72, like for one over. Um, he kind of was just real steady last 13 holes level par to to get in and but he was making ground on Matthew McLean all the way in who doubled 15 and bogeyed 17 haven't been for the previous oh god 13 holes been what was he uh, five under up to I think he's five under for his round coming up to 14 and then had a yeah so or four under so that gives you a kind of an idea of how that tied and you just saw while he wasn't making any birdies, um, uh, Con Campbell, like he made one birdie in his last round. He, his steadiness just came through. Um, that's also a thing that's definitely to my detriment. I just don't make enough birdies, <laughs> these things to allow myself um, in any way to make any mistakes. But he, uh, he was very, very solid and then went down and I suppose had the bit of momentum, was holding a lot of, uh, puts kind of uh, from distance late um, and good power saves on 17 and 18 Um, that in itself gave him the momentum going in felt and then he um, uh, then he took in the playoffs yeah so it was like Matt McLean is an exceptional player himself Um, in fairness the top 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 three or top four or top five actually are unbelievably good uh and we're we're all close and within within a punt of, of getting there but i think yeah it was well well deserved um he's gone from being a kind of the last time he won it was 2016 when he was a full-time amateur international and um then he's he's working now so he's kind of a part-time he's a part-time player um, part time can still go out and win the Irish Am, so that gives you kind of a context as to <laughs> as to how good good the guy is. Uh, ironically enough, I believe uh, I'm open to correction on this, but I believe with the new handicap system last year, he didn't actually get into the West of Ireland because of the way the handicap system works. So that just puts a little bit onto the absurdity of how the handicap system is, as he just went out one year and wasn't able to get into the West or he was on the reserve list. Uh, to give you an idea on, on a little bit on how 
absurd that can be. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. One other thing as well is actually funny the, the results of the guys who got onto the reserve list as well, which, which was interesting, I did think, is um, the amount of guys from the reserve list who actually made the cut and did well or were certainly in the top 70. Sure. Um, it's funny like that you get these guys who, who shouldn't make it by handicap rights, but yet go and do well at tournament time. So it's it's a fairly arbitrary and not altogether fair way of, of deciding on <clears throat> on ter- tournament requirements etc so yeah just a just an interesting one yeah especially when i guess you can see that the margins between whoever made the, like qualified automatically versus those in the reserve list is exactly is so so small yeah exactly but um no good week so east of ireland is next that's in baltre uh that's at the start of june so uh, I'm into that, so we'll we'll see what happens. Um, might not even play. <laughs> might just take a rest. <laughs> so from one, from one tough test to what? One tough test to another. To another, I guess. Um, Southern Health USPGA Championship coming this <laughs> That's week. That's a segue. Well, segue. Yeah, some people are saying it'll be a tough test. Some people are are, are not. Um, so USPGA. Is this week yes. Southern Hills Tiger Woods is playing? Have you seen the grouping that Rory's in? Rory Tiger Jordan Spieth Tiger Jordan. That is like, an unbelievable right. group. <laughs> it is a what a group. Um, like I saw that pop up last night. It's like God. Once the, once the Tiger effect kicks in, every every group gets just spicier, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, it takes it to a whole other level. Um, I do kind of hope that the um just the constant talk about how unbelievable it is the tiger is here is it lessened compared to what it was during the masters just because you mm-hmm. got sick of it very very fast at the masters like okay like he's here he obviously wouldn't be here if he didn't think he was physically okay for it let's please all just like chill out on the how how incredible I, I, how how incredible <laughs> is it to see him play okay yeah we I get think, it, I, we get it. I think I think it's got to get worse, Johnny, because I think he's actually he he's he's speaking very very confidently in his press conferences as well. If he can if he starts to contest, your yeah. point there is good. You're literally going to have to turn off your TV or at least mute the sound. Yeah, I think so, <laughs> and just have it on the background, um, because he's like looks pretty sharp. I saw a fair bit of footage yesterday from his practice rounds where they're showing mm. him hitting shots. This place is a tank. This place is an absolute tank. 7,400 yards with two power fives. Yeah, and like, it's been recently renovated by Gil Hans. So, yeah, like, um, I think it's been some streams and cricks and stuff like that. It's, um, and uh, from what I've also seen, so Golf Digest did a really cool, like, fly over of each of the holes. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of really tight runoffs. So, um, I think that'll make a lot of the, the around the green place very, very interesting. Yeah. And just like length alone is bananas. Like the two, uh, I said two par fives, 656, one of them, and 633 is the other. Like we're seeing like Ryan Fox trying to bang two drivers in on his yeah. practice round to try and get there. I think he actually did get home. But he got home. Yeah. He, did. he got home. But like that, that man's, that he's a cannon. That, yeah. that fella, like there's, the length, I think, is just gonna. I think Shane Shane Larry said it in his press conference yesterday. Like, uh, all the par trees over two hundred yards. Um, uh, two shortish holes, but the majority in the late four hundreds for par fours. We said, look, it's going to be a lot of chipping and putting. Um, don't think the rough is outrageously penal at all. Um, so I think they're asking a different test, but place looks so cool. Like, it looks fantastic, doesn't it? It, I look, like, it looks brilliant. It really does look class. Like it actually it reminds me a bit of um the Cal Club. It's a very similar kind of a feel to it where mm. like um big kind of gaping bunkers everywhere. <laughs> uh they've uncovered actually they've covered in a lot of the creeks. You were, as you mentioned, the creeks are open. Um, they've co- they covered them in in a previous redesign, so they actually opened all of those in, so they didn't actually have this kind of big water element uh, to it. Was it all the greens were replaced? All the um, 
all the tee boxes are replaced. Basically, it's kind of a full rebuild that they did. Yeah. Uh, and Skillhands obviously came in and waved his <clears throat> magic wand at, at the place. But it looks, it, it just looks absolutely stunning. Um, they've got this, um, the same grass that Adair have in their greens, but underneath they don't have a sub air system. They have a hot and cold air, a hot and cold water system. Wow. So it gets the, uh, if you remember seeing this before, it, the, the greens get obviously fairly burnt out in, in the region or whatever. Um, they're allowed to heat, they can heat the soil or cool the soil depending on what the grass needs. So I didn't know. Did you know that? Did you know grass? I needs? didn't even know you could even do that. Yeah, I didn't That's... know that. I was, I was listening to this thing. I was like, God, are you? There's some fella out there like massaging the grass or something every other week. <laughs> I understood the whole sober system in terms of getting like moisture off the grass, but in terms of yeah. giving more nutrients to it through hotter yeah. cold water wow yeah so you can there you go so it's subair plus basically is what you have in this place it's like subair with a lid with like it's like a it's like a spa like a, <laughs> it's like a sauna plunge bill for the grass so um yeah so this kicks off on tomorrow, tomorrow. yes tomorrow yeah so we're going to be um it's a tulsa is a good time as well it's six mm. hours that's a good time difference we like that like florida little bit close maybe even can can end a bit early la east coast or sorry west coast tough scene trying to stay up that late but no this this will be absolutely perfect um good the usual irish lads four ball major four ball was out from together you love to see it four olympians is what i think shane or poor i put that up as Instagram. four olympians actually that's a good call actually oh yeah because shames was over in rio yeah yeah so yeah that's them the, the lads look like they're having they've got their their major four ball and hell do you think lost credit card roulette last night <laughs> who do i think lost credit card roulette uh i hope it was rory yeah you gotta yeah no or, no like, shane has been having a good few weeks shane could do it yeah like uh, like i fear less for credit card roulette no the, the, the real jeopardy of credit card roulette is when they're on tour and there's a fella who's literally making no money and his car yeah. is in there too that's where the jeopardy he's there on, credit a, card on an invite yeah yeah <laughs> and he's just trying to trying to make a cut um that's where the credit card roulette really uh the jeopardy of it finally comes into play whereas i, yeah, I fear four, not, I fear four not millionaires for, playing four million, it's not yeah, too bad four millionaire white guy golfers like how bad is it like really yeah oh i guess so uh, have you got any favorites going into it uh, Obviously, I, we're probably I, not going to get too much into that today because we're going to be talking <clears> about it on the live show on Friday. But, yeah. Uh, before I, the event begins, have you got any kind of favorites? It's, I, I it's saw the odds for this one, I think. I had a look at the odds. Like, I was like, how is Max Homer the same odds as Tiger Woods? Max Homer is about 60 to 1. Yeah. Like, genuinely, I was completely shocked at that. I couldn't believe it. He won the, like three weeks ago. He won weeks three ago. weeks ago. He is literally the one most on form. Um, like Shane is, uh, Shane is twenty five to one, or twenty eight to one, and Brooks thirty five to one. Now, I, um, like, I, I'm I was I was more interested now in in Max Homer there at that. If I was just going to work for one, I think it'd have to be him, just by virtue of the odds. Like if you're taking an each way bet, definitely, but. Yeah, that that's where my thing is going to lie. So, but it is, as I said, it is interesting. It's the first time in a long time where the actual defending champion isn't there. Yeah, what do you make of that? Like Phil pulling out is that is that a pressure from the PGA or pressure from Live Golf saying all of those releases have been cancelled, so you have to make a choice, pick a side. Yeah, you're either with us or you're not. Um. That's where I lie. I, I I feel like there and his hand got forced by PGA Tour not granting the releases. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, that's a good point. And now a few people are gonna have to make it uh, make their allegiances known. Um, what is noticeable in addition to that? Have you noticed the, like the softening of the tone from players around Phil? Uh, as in, like. Oh, the, their comments their comments he made he made a mistake um it's he should be here he's the reigning champ i think that was rory's line very much everyone else on the same line so there has been a general softening in terms of the narrative but i suppose you then counter that to the letter that monaghan sent to from the pga tour to all the players saying 
this is this is not going to happen on my watch. So uh, make your bed and lie in it, because uh, once you go, you're never coming back. Um, so I think it's fair. I think like, is it? So so say live say live wasn't live, and say say live was set up by a consortium of uh, Irish billionaires, and they were putting the money in, and they were turning the tour into what it is. Uh, or, or making their own live golf. Um, now this is obviously happening with Premier Golf League or whatever. But say say that was the instance, and there was a request to go and play the net the first tournament of the Irish Superstars Golf League, where yeah. we're going to invite the best players to the K Club, and all the invites are out there, and um. Or sorry, all the requests are out there, but the, all the other all they've all been rejected because for on the grounds of the same thing. Yeah, I I think I, as People, a it's very model, easy because it's Saudi. It, it is yeah, very but, easy because it's Saudi to say, sure. actually, you can't do that. That's ridiculous. For you sure, but I, I think I think as a business model where PGA Tour and European tours like marketability is by able is by being able to say we have Rory, Jordan, and Tiger in the same group come and watch that whereas week in week out if another competitive league mm-hmm. comes up like how many times do you think you'll be able to say that you can only actually say it like a handful of times in the current year as okay. it is and if you are a huge jordan or a rory fan or jt fan and you want to see them play together mm-hmm. and you never get the opportunity to because jt's playing in that mm-hmm. league or jordan playing that league or whoever's playing in another league mm-hmm all the products are watered down to a point where you could be mm. like, eh, I can, I can take a leave all of them. I don't think. But, but does the membership, but who's, um, there's no national, there's no like a FIFA, for example, or world rugby no, governing, body. Bo- governing body who manages that. This is just an, an arbitrary or an arbitrary point made by one of the tours saying, if you don't, if you're playing something else, you're not playing with us again. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I think if there was like a world golf, the same way there's like world rugby or FIFA, mm. I think managing it, I think there would be a different scenario. Yeah, um, like I think think their whole point is, oh, we, we treat you well, why would you go elsewhere? And which is, is an interesting interesting interview yesterday with Chipnook on, on it. Um, and they were talking, he, he said very candidly, or very, it was very flippantly, he's like, well, the... Um, European tour have made their peace with Saudi a long time ago and they just get on with it. So obviously you're going to get a lot of European tour type people who go, I think, um, because for some reason we're, we're more, I suppose, used to the, the Saudi influence, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think that, that's due to the fact that obviously we played a few events over there. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and the investment from a, from a lady's perspective has been enormous and um, has arguably saved a lot of lazy European tour. Like European the tour. biggest the biggest purse apart from the Saudi Aramco series is 200 250 grand each yeah. Saudi Aramco event the purse is a million euro like it's... yeah like and we as Shipnock said we've made our piece of it a long time ago um the influence of Saudi and the relationship with it with the US is far more fractured in, from a political perspective um, due to varying different things. One state was like 9-11, for example. So we're not going to go into that, but that's where the what the genesis of, mm. of, of some of the points will, will be. But you're you're going to see, I think, the guys who are totting up the we're going to start to tot up the sums pretty quickly as to how can I, if, the, if just showing up is 120 grand and I show up 10 times a year and I become a millionaire for showing up 10 times. There's be a lot of fellas going, right, good luck. And then there's a couple of agents going, what if they go and they target the um, top 20 amateurs in the world, get them to turn pro um, and guarantee this slush fund early in their career. When they've never been a member of anywhere else, so they're not having to request. They're not PGA yeah. Tour members, and uh, they don't have to request anything. They can Which just go and like play. A great idea. <laughs> when you think of it like that, it's like, but then there's something very sinister about that in in the way that they approach it. But like we don't know. Like we're talking like the likes of Cole Hammer or Pearson Goody or I don't know Alex Fitz or one of those people, um, or Mark Bauer. <laughs> like that. That that'd be what you'd be talking about. Do they? Um, 
is is that what they're is that what they're after as as a product or are they just at this stage looking for a field to get this bloody thing run off and get get it started um and and see what see how it evolves do we think that live golf will be around for a long time yeah yeah i think it is i i I think there's too much behind it i think there's probably too much committed from both sides i don't think from to save uh like if you're talking to save face um they, they won't they won't stop at that point they'll they'll just keep they have endless funds to throw behind it so it doesn't it doesn't really matter financially it's not an issue yeah all right you okay for time no there's just bells ringing here <laughs> actually <Kath. laughs> um yeah i i, I think that yeah we we're going to see live golf for a long time i think that we're already seeing like the, the weekend dp world tour because like a lot of players that get to a certain level of dp world tour go over and play pga and for me that tour has already got to a point where if you don't have a vested interest in it like we were watching i was watching ryan fox and we were talking to him after he he came second there in the um belgian sudal open yeah like if, if a friend of ours wasn't in the final group i don't know how much i would have watched that Mm-hmm. And if that becomes a week-on-week event on the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour, because this other event, this other series is kicked off, I don't, I don't know how much, as an entertainment product, how much fun the golf will become for for you and I sitting at home. Mm, it's not. I don't think live golf is going to improve it in any way, shape, or form. No. Um, I, may, I think my point is, I think it'll make it considerably, it'll make it considerably worse because yeah. they have the huge dispersion of talent all over the world. <laughs> Yeah, and like you add into the add into the mix, what the experience is apparently going to be like for customer, for fans, or whatever going to the events like extortionately expensive. Um, like is that going to add anything? Like you literally see the USPJ put up their or had their prices oh, for yeah, their the concessions, concession price twenty four oh, eighteen to twenty four dollars for a beer. Like it turns out that you actually have to win the fucking VGA to be able to drink at the PGA. Do you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> scandalous so um yeah is, is this going to be the same for for live golf which means they're they're not really appealing to the family day out here they're appealing no. to like a corporate element that can can actually pay for that yeah i think uh, look i don't think anything about the saudi golf league is designed with you and i in mind as a golf fan or spectator um but it, it, the saga certainly isn't over it's a big pity that phil, phil isn't going to be there um, it would have been great to have had him just as like the current champion. Like definitely, what are they going to do? Like, like just sit at, yeah, sit at home and there's, feel there's repentant. Trophy. Cool. Yeah, sit at home, be repentant, Phil. And speaking of which, his book is actually out today, or Shipnook's book, Ship it, book. It, wow. is out today. So I think that'll be uh, I'll be on Amazon pretty quick to buy that one. Um, and there's another, Shipnook didn't mention there is another book on the way out that is absolutely filleting him. Sorry, there's another, sorry. There's, there's two books out at the moment. One is a Tiger Phil book. The other one is Shipnook's book on Phil, uh, which actually was the spawn of this whole mess for Phil, really. Mm. And then there is another book from someone who actually went to jail around the insider trading scheme that Phil was involved in that he was that he got away with. But there was another individual that went to jail wow. uh, who was a betting or a gambling uh, friend of Phil's. Oh, is this the guy who's a professional gambler? Mm-hmm. Who ended up getting, yeah, I heard about that. So he, apparently he has an axe to grind and this is bad. And like if it, the the stories behind all of this Phil stuff, which we might actually do in a completely separate episode, because I really want to read that, and, yeah. and then we can have a chat about it. Uh, but yeah, so this is far like the the media maelstrom that he's gone through. I think is far from over. I think there's a fair bit to come out in the wash pretty soon now. Certainly with that book been those those publications been been launched uh, and been out out into the world uh, over the last couple of days. God, you wouldn't want to be Phil Mickelson right now. No, it's a bad, it's bad a time to be Phil Mickelson. It's a tough place to be, I'd say. Not nice. Not nice. Right. Well, I think I think we will leave this week's episode here. Uh, we might throw to I caught up with Gary Higo during you the week. Did. Uh, yes. You got him eventually. We got him eventually. It was the day before his birthday. What age do you think Gary Higo is? Sickeningly, probably 
24. He turned 23 last week. Fuck's sake. <laughs> He's won twice on the DP World Tour, once on the PGA Tour. Um, he is going to be at the PGA Championship. Oh, this week. I, I think I still lived at home at 23. Yeah. Oh, I know I did. Yeah. No, I did. I was actually I was in France, but then I moved home very quickly because I couldn't live there anymore. <laughs> so, yes, a three time um tour winner on the i guess the, the two major tours i caught up with him to chat about how he got into golf his uh very close relationship with gary player and what he would be doing on his birthday as preparation for the pga championship now guys i'm delighted to say that i'm joined by two-time winner on the dp world tour pga tour winner and he's playing in the pga championship this coming week i am of course joined by gary higo gary how are you yeah, I'm all good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, so I'm going to get onto the wins and, and, and all that first, but um, how have the last few weeks been for you? What have you been, what have you been up to? Um, the PGA Championship's already coming up fast. Yeah, so I've taken three weeks off, um, just relaxed, um, did a bit of practice. Um, yeah, it's been a... Uh, we've played a lot of events so far, um, a lot of tough ones, and... Uh, we still have a lot of uh, big ones to go. So I think I, I needed a bit of a break just so I can kind of put my foot down for the rest of the year. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to next week. I've never played that course, but I've heard a lot of good things from all the guys over here. Um, and uh, yeah, should be good. What do you like to do in your downtime? What do you do to relax? Uh, have a barbecue, um, go to the pool, do a bit of running and yeah. Just trying to stay active. We've uh, we've had Dean Burmester on and a few a couple other the South African guys who play on tour. There's a big contingent of you guys there at the moment. Um, <laughs> Dean's a big fisherman. You into the fishing at all? No, I don't like that. No, I'm not into that. Um, no. Yeah, I I've never I've never really I've tried it a few times, but it's you know, it's not my thing. That's that's fair enough. Uh, how did you get into golf in the first place? What was your introduction to the game as a whole? I think like many guys, it's uh, my dad. Um, we used to go out and play on holidays and stuff when I was really, really little. Um, yeah, and I guess the bug just bit me and I've always, basically always played since I can remember. You were like three or so, was it, when you took up the game first? Yeah, or? I think so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, your, your, dad, your dad showed you the ropes basically and you were kind of growing up and, and playing with him, was it? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I started playing with him, but uh, he passed away when I was really young. So, um, but yeah, he showed me showed me the game and yeah, I've kind of continued. Do you mind my asking, how did your dad pass away? Yeah, we were, we were all in a car accident. So when I was about nine years old. Yeah, so we moved to um, Pentonburg Bay where I met my, um, basically my first coach and my coach who's been my coach for the last... 12 13 years um and uh yeah that he kind of yeah i mean he kind of became like a father figure to me and um yeah big reason why i've done so well growing up in in south africa there there seems to be like a, a lot of tour players now coming coming from south africa what's the junior scene like over there is there is there a big competition yeah very big competition um we have a lot of events. Um, I think we're blessed with the weather as well. Um, but yeah, it's very competitive. Um, we obviously, all of us played from a young age, but I think we just have a lot of competition and um, I think we enjoy playing against each other and we kind of push each other to get better, which is kind of a good a good uh, recipe to get better. Your rise onto the, the DP World Tour as it, is, as it is now, the European Tour was as it was when you first joined, was um was very, very fast. And you actually got your first win on the DP World Tour and just your seventh start. What was yeah. it about what was it about golf at that level that you you obviously felt very comfortable at it? Was was it a case of the the upbringing that you got in, in golf in South Africa? You obviously went over to the States for a couple of semesters in college as well. Um what what do you think it was? Is there anyone any one thing in particular that got you ready for competitive golf at that level? Um, I think I was just uh, really eager to kind of, I, I really, I was looking forward to playing professional golf and um, I didn't make it anything bigger than it was. It was still just a, 
you know, a, a tournament and um, 150 guys that you've got to beat. So, um, yeah, I think I just, I, I just really enjoy playing golf. So um, that's where I'm at my happiest and that's what I enjoy doing. So I don't think I get scared when I'm in the moment. I, I really enjoy it, actually. So after the first win in, in the Gran Canaria, what's the first thought that goes through your head when, when you do get the win that fast? Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, uh, it's just a nice feeling. I mean, it's nice that it happened that fast, but, you know, you, you kind of always, you, in this game, you have to believe you can do it. So it's not always a surprise, you know, for other people, it's a surprise. Um, you know, internally, it's not that big of a surprise, but it, it is, it's always, you know, the, you'll take them because it's not easy to win anywhere. So um, you did it, yeah. you did it in pretty incredible fashion as well, shooting what 65, 64, 63, 63. It's not like, yeah. um, like <laughs> you, you went out there and you, and you, you posted a serious number, even on the last day, because I think a lot of people were posting pretty good numbers on the Saturday and obviously on the Sunday got, got quite windy and it got a little bit tougher but it was definitely put up to you that you needed to continue the good form you had over the first three rounds yeah yeah I mean I've always tried to stick with that mentality that you know um, you never really have a lead um, and I learned that from Gary Player who, who told me that because um, you never really do I mean it's 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 just a it's something that people say, but it's never done until you finish. So you never really have a lead. It doesn't really exist. So you just need to keep going and making birdies and yeah, just play golf. You didn't have to wait long then after Gran Canaria to get the, the next win. I think it was, it was about like 12 days or so that yeah, the, ne- yeah, the next was event was. Two weeks, yeah. <laughs> so, so was it a case of you... you found form or was it the the course was a nice fifth again the second week or um like what, what was going on in the in camp ego that you uh <laughs> you got you got the two wins very quickly no i obviously found form um it kind of started in austria which was like a month before um i finished fourth there um and that, that week too i played really well but i was kind of didn't really um clean up that well around the greens um and you know that's the nice thing about professional golf is you play a lot so you can kind of you, it's not like you play once every three months so you can you can keep riding that wave and kind of clean it fix things that are not working as well and then as soon as they match up you can you know you can contend um so i was playing well and then obviously i, I just won so i'm still playing well <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I just try to stay out of my own way and just play golf and just do exactly what I was doing the week or two before that. So obviously the, the two wins were very close, but did it feel different the second one to the first? Because obviously you're on, you're on form only the two weeks apart. Uh, it, it's hard to ask, is it, was it a monkey off your back getting the second win? Because you didn't obviously have to wait that long, but did it feel I think it was It was quite nice because it was kind of, it just uh, showed that I can do it more than once i guess um but it was obviously a different golf course um uh yeah it's i mean those i i really enjoyed those courses they obviously aren't the hardest golf courses in the world but um you still need to take it deep to win and i was proud of myself for being able to go low and then continue going low because it's hard to do that for four days in a row and then to do it another week after that is was nice yeah for sure i mean you're saying that they aren't the hardest courses in the world but like you did shoot 25 under and 27 under in those two events respectively yeah. to win but everyone else had to as well so even exactly. though it might not be the easiest of courses it's the same level of ease for everyone yeah exactly yeah so at what point did you kind of make the decision or did the opportunity to go to the states come up with the pga tour because we'll get onto it now in a minute but that win came pretty fast as well. I think you had the three wins in um, like a space of four or five months. Yeah. So um, obviously, so when I won the first one, so after winning those two events, 
um, in the Canaries, I was, I think I got to like 51 in the world or 50 in the world, um, which then got me close to getting a start. I, I then went over to the US for the PGA, which was the week after my win, the second win. Um, yeah, I played the PGA and uh, I, I needed to get into the top 50 to get a spot into the Memorial. Um, and I think I finished like, I made the cut finish like T60 or T55. And that didn't get me enough points to move. I stayed at 51. I think Matt Wallace or somebody had a nice week and then kind of, I would have moved up, but then they moved up even more. Um, so I stayed at 51, didn't get an invite. And then uh, my management team tried to get me an invite for uh, the Palmetto, which, uh, which we got. And uh, yeah, I played pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so then you, yeah, you got your points to stay on the on the PGA Tour, and you were there. And then, obviously, the the Palmetto Championship at Congaree comes up. Was that a very different course and very different event to the two DP World Tour wins, or or how did how did it, how did you feel going into that event first? Yeah, that that course was uh, was really tough. It's probably one of the hardest courses I've played for a while still, um, but. I think it just shows that good golf doesn't matter where you play you can, can you can go anywhere with it um, it was uh, it wasn't the narrowest course but it was really really tough around the greens and I feel like my short game is one of the best parts of my game um, obviously my driving too like it was wide but you it was a lot of trees and stuff um, so, I mean, I did everything well that week, obviously. Um, but I feel like mentally I stayed in it well because, you know, I don't know if you watched, I was six shots back and I, I didn't think I was going to win, but I knew that if I stayed in there, I was going to have a good finish. And it kind of just kept getting better and better as I made a few more birdies towards the end. And I think I made an eagle as well. Um, and then I thought I was at least second. And by the time I finished scoring and, I was looking like I was going to be in a playoff and then, yeah, I won. <laughs> so did that, so obviously the two DP World Tour wins were quite close in succession and probably an easier type of golf course. Was um, was that win on the PGA Tour, the Palmetto, was that one um, a bit a bit sweeter because it was a different type of golf course and it shows that you could, you could win two ways essentially? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And it's kind of, I think what it was, what was nice about it was also that um, it shows that if you play in Europe or if you play anywhere, you know, I started on the Sunshine Tour. Um, it doesn't matter, like the winner of each week can play good golf anywhere. You know, you can do it. Um, whereas I think there's sometimes the perception that, you know, um, Europe or anywhere, anywhere else but the US is not as strong. Or the guys are not as good. And, um, you know, there is, there is some truth to that. Like, I think the depth out here is a lot, there's a lot more guys that can win. Um, and obviously that it just kind of each tour is different, but the winner in Europe or anywhere can, if he takes that same game somewhere else, you'll have a good chance. Doesn't mean you will win, but I think that's what was nice about that win. Well, I think you're a pretty good example of that having one in quick succession on the European tour, then come over to the PGA tour and continue that and do, do exactly that. So you mentioned there that the, one of the first events where the first event you played in the States was the PGA championship. It's coming up again now this year. Um, yeah. what, what's preparation been like for that? Obviously uh, I found out as well that it's your birthday tomorrow. So first yeah. things first, what are you doing to celebrate your 23 tomorrow? Yeah. Getting old now. Eh? <laughs> you're, you're a kid, you're a child. <laughs> um uh, we're just gonna have a barbecue i'll have some of the some of my friends over um yeah not gonna do much um, obviously there's a major next week so we'll keep it live where are you based in the states in sea island okay very good Georgia. so yeah yeah good good uh good golf community out there yeah very very much so yeah there's a lot of guys out here that um play on tour and a lot of guys that also want to play on tour, which is good. Who be your um your go to practice like four ball? 
Or would, would, or would that be the type of practice you go for? There, well, there's a lot of them. Uh, I, I, I can't say that there's a go-to for. Well, it depends who there's, who is here. Patton, Keziah, Hudson, uh, Postman, um, even Zach, Zach Johnson. Um, yeah, there's a lot of guys. That's very good. So preparation for the PGA, is there anything in particular you're going to try and look at? Obviously, it's, um, it's in Southern Hills. You said you haven't played there before. Um, has, has anyone imparted any advice or words of wisdom going into the event? Yeah, I've spoken. Obviously, Zach's played there quite a few times. Um, but they said they've redone the course quite a bit since since they've had any you know, majors there. Um, I mean, I think... I'm not going to try and overdo it. Um, I think there might be some guys that will try and figure out what shots they'll need, but you're going to have to just play good golf. So I'm just trying to play a lot of golf this week, um, um, not spend too much time on the range and um, play and then do a lot of short game work. Because uh, I have definitely seen that your short game needs to be on point in the majors. So if I can stay sharp around the greens and, you know, turn the fives into fours because there will be some birdies but you need to keep those bogeys off the card yeah um one person that you, you kind of alluded to earlier that has kind of given you advice or kept in touch with you over the years of your professional career has been gary player can you talk to me a little bit about how that relationship came about in the first place and and how how often you guys keep in touch yeah, so um, when we moved to Plettenberg Bay when I was about seven or eight, um, his, uh, the golf course we moved to was originally his farm. Um, and then they built the golf course and some residential uh, you know, stuff there. Um, yeah, and he used to, I mean, he used to come as often as he could, but he was there most Decembers, which is summer holiday. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, th- I can't remember who kind of got it, got us, you know, playing together, but we played nine holes for the first time together. And then, you know, it kind of became a thing. We, every time he was down, I'd play with him or see him on the range and just spend time, spend as much time with him as I could. Um, and yeah, it just, uh, he's, he's good friends with my, my, my previous coach, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's helped me a lot and given me a lot of advice throughout my whole career. Yeah, it it seems like it's it's more than just a you know someone who checks in every once in a while. He posted a very nice photo when you won for the first time on on the DP World Tour. That it was a photo of you, but as a nine year old, it was a eight year old kid, yeah. and then and then again yeah. with the trophy. Um, it, it seems like he's um, he's a close family friend rather than just uh, someone that you might necessarily go to once in a while for advice. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's quite weird because I'm sure he's met a lot of kids and, you know, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's quite weird that it's kind of worked out the way it has. Um, obviously, you want to turn pro, you want to play, you want to become, you know, the next Gary player. And I mean... I don't, I don't think that I am even close to where he is, but it's nice that I can kind of do, just kind of try and walk in his footsteps and, you know, obviously speak to him about it because he knows um, how it's, how it is and, you know, what, what's going on. Yeah. Um, so following the, the PGA championship then, then this year, what are you are you one who likes to set goals for for a season or do you like to take it a bit more as it comes uh a bit more as it comes i have more like uh you know goals about my game you know where i want to be with driving and you know iron play and punning and chipping um and then if those things happen then the rest will take care of itself so i mean i'd like to I'd like to do what Scotty Scheffler's done. So <laughs> I think everybody wants to. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm just going to try and play some good golf and let everything happen. Do you know Scotty well? I do, actually. Yeah, he's a, he's a good friend. And, yeah, I, I think he's a, he's a really good guy. It must be, it must be uh, interesting and slightly bittersweet to see a friend and competitor 
doing so well you're obviously delighted for him as a friend but then as a competitor you're like oh god I'd love to be doing that <laughs> yeah I mean I'm very happy for him and it's it's cool but it does get a bit much when you have to every time you see him congratulate him about another win yeah um so um but you know if he keeps doing that that's fine we'll keep congratulating him but hopefully we can we can do some of that as well <laughs> do you think that you will be seeing him or facing him i guess in the president's cup later this year hopefully i'm sure i definitely know he will be there um i hope i can be there too and hopefully we can i mean Hopefully, I think if whoever's on the on the international team, I think we will give the the US a good go. I think the international team is a lot stronger than it's ever been. Yeah, is uh, representing the international team something that kind of growing up, or as you got more involved in competitive golf, it's something that you wanted to to add to your resume a few a couple of times. Yeah, for sure, and especially after I played the first Junior Business Cup. Um, now it's you know it, it would be awesome. Doesn't matter when that when that happens if I can play in the the you know the normal the big one um, that would be unreal. So I think the Junior Prisons Cup's been a big a good thing because um, you know kids who play in that definitely I think and I think it just becomes more more of a thing because it's tough to grow up. Um, you know it's it's a bunch of different nationalities and stuff, but. I think it, it's definitely getting a lot more popular. Uh, am I right in guessing Trevor Emmerman was your captain for the Junior Presidents Cup? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Have you been? Uh, have you been sending him kind of swing videos or recent results? But like, hey, I'm I'm still here. Keep an eye. <laughs> no, but there is every. I guess every time he's doing commentary and and I pop up on the screen, he gets that question a lot. So. Um, we're both aware of it um, and have been for a while now. So now it's just up to me playing good so that it doesn't have to be a captain's pick or anything like that. I'd like to just play myself into it. I have absolutely no doubt that you will play yourself into that team. <laughs> Thank you. No worries. Listen, Garrick, I've taken up enough of your time. Uh, enjoy the birthday celebrations tomorrow. I hope you enjoy the barbecue and best of luck at the PGA Championship. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. On the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute that millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Continues his run to greatness. The return to glory. 